You are listening to the Way of Consciousness Radio Network programming to help you explore and rediscover and remember your inner divinity. This is a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created to offer support to those who continually seek to embody the Christ message of love, forgiveness, compassion, oneness, and peace. OFJ is not interested in creating yet another worldly structure which could by its very nature set itself apart and seeks not to focus on the personhood of Yeshua Jesus but to share in the divine realization that he came to share with us, which is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God, and that the kingdom of God is within. OFJ Community is an all-inclusive community of spiritual seekers. We offer dialogue and studies for deep inner spiritual development in seminary courses for ordained ministry. If you feel called to be a part of OFJ community or to receive our monthly newsletter, please send an email to ofjcommunity at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send you information about membership in the various programs we offer. In these times of great change, OFJ community's mission is to offer spiritual support, friendship, and direction to all. Now, to our program, this is The Way of Consciousness. Welcome into the show this evening. This is one of your co-hosts, Reverend Dr. Linda Marie Nelson, and I'm broadcasting live here from Nashville, Tennessee, and welcome this evening. Uh, We're going to be discussing another topic in the consciousness of the heart, the Christ consciousness or the infinite consciousness of the heart this evening. We'll be talking about um, surrender and humility. So uh, before we get on with that, I'd just like to mention that we are starting a new segment to our shows where we encourage people to call in for prayer for forgiveness and healing. So uh, our call-in number here live on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern is area code 347-237-5625. So feel free to call in 347-237-5625, and Father Michael Sherbert and Bishop Lee Allen Peterson and myself will be honored to pray with you. And um, so we encourage you to call in. And now let me welcome my esteemed co-hosts. Welcome, Father Michael. How are you doing this evening? I'm great, and how are you? I'm well, and uh, we had a lovely day here in Nashville, but it's going to turn more wintry with a new front coming through, and I imagine in the state of Nebraska you're probably already feeling that cold winter weather. Absolutely we are, and they're even possibly calling for uh, snow out west. Wow, already. Hmm. I'm going to go get my uh, scarf and... and, uh, and uh sweater and uh get prepared get ready yeah yeah get prepared and father uh, uh let's welcome in also bishop lee allen peterson uh welcome bishop lee from the great state of welcome. texas how are you i'm doing well thank you very much and of course texas being the paradise that it is <laughs> yes <laughs> it's 
is finally having some paradise type weather. Well, good. We're, ha- we're having a cold front come through. It's going to be 70 degrees. <laughs> a cold front so. is 70. You have my yes. heartfelt sympathies. Not. Well, <laughs> we did when we were at 112. Well, that's true. You did have a, which wasn't some that long ago. That's yeah, right. that's true. So now, now we're we're apparently we've improved our karma, and we're getting fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, Bishop Lee, would you like to open this evening with a maybe a little bit of uh, consciousness prayer, and and then uh, begin our uh, discussion this evening? Yes. Thank you very much. So if we'll just sit back and just relax. And let's just take a couple of deep breaths and let's just feel all the tension of the day going away. And let's just relax our shoulders. Let's just feel some warm honey flowing down our necks and into our shoulders as we breathe in and we breathe out. And, O Divine Spirit, we lift our hearts and our minds to you that you may infill us by your Holy Spirit, that we may truly understand what it is to surrender so that we might become all that we are created to be. Breathe in and breathe out. And so it is. So it is. Well, thank you. That was was lovely. Well, now I'm too relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) So the fourth key that we're you know, we've studied three keys now. We've studied uh, desire, intention, mm-hmm. allowance, and now we're moving into surrender. But I want to preface this talk about surrender. Uh, sur- I-, I prefer the term abandonment, and and I've been pointed. I, it's been pointed out that that's not a, a really good term either. <laughs> Well, that but, can be a challenge for some folks, yes. That, that's right. It's not that we are abandoned. <laughs> we are <laughs> abandoning the ego, yeah. our material self, our carnal mind, our egoic self. Surrender sometimes is a heavy term. You you surrender to your enemies. But in love, you abandon yourself to the other. Mm-hmm. And, and so... That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So in the text we find it says that as we begin to mature in these various stages, the stages of desire, the stages of intention, the stages of allowance, and finally in this stage of surrender, when we de- when we develop a certain maturity in the other three stages, we come to this stage that we call surrender. 
And and surrender simply means that that we have abandoned ourselves, that there is no restlessness, and that you realize finally with everything that you are that there is no one here living a life. We realize that we are just part of a continuum called life, and life seems to be just flowing through us. And that is where we we find the mystical transformation, uh, if you will, sort of being uh, in a stage completed. Uh, it's here that we realize, uh, I live, yet not I, but Christ dwelleth as me. You know, a lot of times that's that, that's translated in me. That yeah, Christ it is. Excuse me, but the truth of that translation is really that Christ is dwelling as you. In other words, what this means is that you have surrendered your ego, and the ego no longer is what's controlling you. What is controlling you is the truth of you, your divinity, your Christhood. Christ itself or himself is dwelling as you, the Christ dwells as you. So, what does that mean? It means no longer are we living from the outside in. We mm-hmm. begin to live from the inside out. So, surrender is that stage in which perfect peace is the foundation, and it's it's important to realize that. When we choose peace, when we choose to be at peace above all else, that is not a passive or or an inactivity. Uh, In fact, what you will find is that you have more activity. Peace is an activity. Even passivity or what we call inactivity, even that is an activity. And so you find yourself, as long as you are in the world, being busier and busier. Now, why is this so? Well, because you're going to be asked to do more and more. And and you become even more responsible. Now, who's doing the asking? Is it people in the world, or is it the Father, the Christ, that lives within you? It's the Christ, the Father, that lives within you that becomes the person who is asking more and more of you. And eventually you come to realize that because you are Christ, you are responsible for the whole of creation. You, as Christ, are responsible for the whole of creation. Now, that seems to be a very heavy responsibility. But you see, it's it's that way right now, right? Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you first started that, I thought, oh, I really need to hear that message tonight. And then when you got to the whole responsibility, I thought, well, maybe that's really not what I wanted to hear after all. <laughs> but, well, you know. It, it gets better. It gets better. Don't worry. Well, good. <laughs> and and uh, but, Well, it gets worse before it gets better. I hate to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh. <laughs> because 
you see, you come to see that you cannot even think a thought without disturbing the farthest of stars. Wow, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a heavy responsibility, isn't it? That sure that, is. Yeah. That every thought you think has an effect on all of creation. That's what it means by taking responsibility for all of creation. What you're really doing is taking responsibility for your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the understanding that we're all one and that we're all connected. So even your smallest thought affects the whole. Mm-hmm. Right. So w- what do we, you know, what happens? You know, we're going, oh, no, you know. No wonder there's starvation. I'm thinking I'm hungry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happens is that the way of the heart then begins to correct our perception. And and we, we realize that... Uh, that you are not the maker or the doer. You see, when you realize that mm-hmm. you are not living your life, and this is where it gets better, Linda Marie, mm-hmm. when you okay. realize that life is living you, as you know, as you experience all the time, uh, then you also realize that you're not the doer. You see, you realize that it is the Christ within you that's doing the doing. And it and that that sort of that sort of a double thinking there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. We, we're responsible for our thoughts, yet we're not the doer. So what is that saying? We are responsible for realizing each and every moment that we're not the doer. Hmm. That there is something within us that is actually doing the doing. Yet, we are responsible for the thoughts that make up our experience. And that, that's, a, that's, a double th- that's a double thinking. So we ultimately come to the thought, not my will, but thine be done. So is that like the double thread that Walter Starkey talks about? That's what I was getting to. Yes, absolutely. That is the subjectively we realize that we are uh, that it is God that is living us. Objectively, we realize that hey, if that's the case, then we're responsible for the for the thoughts that that we allow to come into our mind. You see, mm-hmm. because because we're connected to everything. And God is everything, okay? Mm-hmm. And even even the negative thoughts that come into our mind are are in that consciousness. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is say, no, that's not that's not a thought I choose to participate in. Right. And that's where we get into. Well, I replace that thought with this thought. I am a child of God. It is God who dwells within me. It's not I that live. It's Christ that lives as me. Mm-hmm. So, though we replace those, I am not worthy. Oh, yes, I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we get the negative thoughts that uh, 
Well, I can't do that. I can do all things because it's not me that's doing them. It's Christ that's doing them through me. So, na 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 na, na right? <laughs> that, <laughs> well, it does so take a lot of pressure off when you do have shift your perspective of that. That's right, and it's it's simply a shift of perspective. That's all. That's all it takes, is shifting your perspective and realizing that you are a vessel for the expression of God, who is love. So what's your what's your main responsibility? To teach love, to be love, to express mm-hmm. love in, in all of its various forms. And sometimes, you, you know, those those forms are, are not what the world says they should be. Mm-hmm. So, so what we what we are intending to do is live a life. That we are being to live as we are created to be. We're created to be love. Mm-hmm. So we live a life of love. But we are responsible for living that life of love. Why? Because we are an individuation, if you will, of God in the world. So those thoughts associated with our particular individuation, we are responsible for. Mm-hmm. And that's the double thread. Subjectively, we are one with God. Objectively, we are an individuation of that God. Mm-hmm. And so how do we get those two in line? So we express objectively what we know we are subjectively. And this is where the shift comes in. You see, never before have we been willing to entertain the idea that we're something other than a material creation. Mm-hmm. And that we are responsible for that material creation. Yeah. So that's what the way of the heart is. The way of the heart is coming into the realization that the truth of me is that I am Christ. But the truth of me also is that I am Christ expressing as Lee, as Linda Marie, as Michael, as every other person out there. We are all an expression of God expressing in individuality, if you will. And we are responsible for all the experiences that come to that individual. We create those experiences. You want to take it from there? Not that. Does this begin to make sense with you, Linda Marie or Michael? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It you know it really does. It's it's kind of I like the way you explain the double thread. You know, with the objectively and the subjectively, that sort of clears it up. I think uh, you know, at least somewhat. It's hard to think about. you know, but it's hard to think in terms of that at the same time. Yes, yes. Well, this last um, this last statement of truth here is one that hooks a lot of people up. Uh, not my will, but thine be done. Um, what we, I think, we often reason we have such a time with that is because 
most of the time we are living not in the heart, but out of a egoic state of consciousness. And the okay mm-hmm. state of consciousness wants to be front and center. It wants to have complete control. Mm-hmm. It wants to be the reality. Now, we all know we have ego, and we must have ego in a certain respect because it makes up our personality. It is, in a sense, of who we are in expression. And yet, the heart, I mean the ego, is meant to be subjugated and purified by the heart and through the heart. Somebody once said, we've got to turn it inside out. We've got to learn to love with our mind, and we have to learn to think with our heart. Right. Now, my will be done. Okay, Father, what is your will? What is that will but thine be done? What is it we choose to hold on to rather than to let go in love? The desires, the intentions, the allowances? Hmm. And what are connected to those? And so it brings us back to we have to really get clear on those desires, intentions, allowances, and surrenders. And, you know, it's interesting, Father Michael, about the surrender part. You know, it's surrendering into a way, you know, we, we think surrendering in the Western world means that we're so vulnerable. But actually, what this is talking about is surrender into the highest power there is. Oh, absolutely. And and so I think I think we sometimes in the West have trouble with that word. And and you know and what it's saying here is you know just surrendering into the way of being that right. the world really doesn't know about. Right. You know. Another. Uh, ter- yeah. Another term we could use for those who don't like surrendering is simply abiding. Yeah, abiding. Abiding in the being of what truly is, the truth, which has always been the truth. Exactly. I, I like that word. I like the abiding part, too. But but I understand the surrender, too, to that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To that, to that you know, that higher consciousness, that Christ consciousness. Surrendering to it, which is so powerful. And when you do, um, it's it's amazing you know, what takes place in your life. And, and so um, I love it. It says here, surrender. It's a surrender into a way of being in which you may never receive an Oscar for your acting ability. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. Because it's a way of being in which your consciousness becomes totally open 
to your union with with all of creation, with God, with Christ consciousness, and all of that. <clears throat> I, I really, uh, you know, you see the soul of things, whether they're pets or uh, the leaf of a tree or right. whoever. You see that, and I think that's what Christ modeled. I mean, you know, he modeled that because he saw that in there. He knew it was there. Yes. He knew that's what he was listening to was that consciousness of the creative infinite source, and so he just surrendered to it. And it was not he, the human being of Jesus, or as he was known, Yeshua. It was him surrendered to divine will in every moment. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an amazing. That's, that's that's who he was. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, we're never alone in that surrendering. Exactly. No, no, and and never alone in anything we do. Another word for surrender is simply letting go. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a phrase that we can use. When we let go, you see, we're clamoring and we're we're grasping at things all the time to, to, and and as as Walter put it, uh, we're in an identity crisis. We're in a cosmic identity crisis. Mm-hmm. We think we are something we are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we're coming into an age now in which that is painfully obvious to us. And so what's happening with all the, the clamor and the chaos and everything that's going on, especially within ourselves uh, and within those people who, who are most closely associated with us in life, it, the ego is beginning to realize that, hey, I'm not all that. <laughs> There's something much bigger than I am at, at work here. And so it feels threatened, and it feels threatened in a, you know, the shift of consciousness from the egoic consciousness, which we call the mind, to the heart consciousness, which we call the spirit. And so we we are recognizing in mass, at this point in time in the history, the evolutionary uh, history of consciousness, we are realizing that we are spiritual beings at the basis. And even our material existence has a spiritual basis to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the ego is going, what do you mean? I'm not in charge? <laughs> I never was in charge. <laughs> I never can be in charge. And it's throwing a temper tantrum. Just like a little child throwing a temper tantrum. That's what's going on within us and in the world today. And and when we realize it, then that's why we do the practices. Well, what is my greatest desire? What is my deepest desire? My deepest desire is to live as I was created to be. My deepest desire is to live in union with God. Mm-hmm. And the ego is going, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so the ego becomes transformed, as we will see in the next section, which we'll be taking up pretty soon, uh, the next lesson, the next uh the next radio show that we're going to do, we're going to begin the way of transformation. What is being transformed? It is the ego that's being transformed. We don't need to be transformed. We are perfect. 
Mm-hmm. But what needs to mm-hmm. be transformed is the ego. That's what Christ was teaching us with with all this, not my will, but thine be done. Because thine will is ultimately my will. <laughs> right. And it's being done. <laughs> it, it's, it certainly is being done. You know, one day at a time. I like the way it, uh, it, it, it uses this analogy. Is um, You will finally know that the body-mind you thought was yours is a little more than a temporary teaching device, a tool, so to speak, to be picked up and utilized at God's direction and then put aside when its usefulness is done. So that even, you know, even if you go through the transition that we, we label as death, I mean, nothing actually would could disturb our peace. You know, the body may may disappear, uh, which which simply means that our attention begins to release itself from uh, f- from it, and um, just like sort of the carpenter releases the handle of a hammer and it's laid aside yeah. on the table, you know you will be able to will be able to uh, to see the process with total equanimity and joy. Mm. So, uh, you know, um, I, I just think that's that's a really interesting uh, rich you know, uh, analogy of how your spirit will disengage from the body. Um, today in our study group, we were, we're in the way of knowing the final, uh, uh, you know, series of lessons in this text, and, you know, it says that very clearly. You know, um, we can just, you know, pretty much disengage, you know, and we're still very vital. And um, it's it's just really an interesting process. Oh, it's always interesting. We actually disengage every night when we go to sleep. We don't realize it. Well, that's true. You know, we... we, So there's nothing really different that's going on except that we are now going to be able to begin to do it consciously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about the great yogis that are consciously able to leave the body. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and the great saints, Padre Pio, Saint Francis, mm-hmm. that that could could actually appear in two places at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, and that was all through consciousness. Why? Because we're unlimited beings. We're unlimited beings, and and when we, but thank God, when we're in our ego, we are very limited beings. <laughs> because could you imagine what we could do if we were egoic beings but unlimited egoic beings? Oh, <laughs> none of us would be here. <laughs> well, one thing I think, again, we need to come back and look at here, and that is this ego. This fleshly, carnal mind, okay, it rather than fight it mm-hmm. or resist it, we need to hug it, love it, and accept mm-hmm. it. It's only in that process of love that will transform it. Absolutely. Into Absolutely, what yeah. it is. 
we, we call it, you know, we have to kill the ego and we have to do this and we have to do that. As long as fight the ego, as long as being a, a resistance to that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're just you're just making it stronger. Sure. You, you know, so when you accept it and love it and release it, and you're not really releasing the ego. All all you're doing sure. is releasing the, the the perception of the ego as being in charge. Right. So and and next, why don't you take it where where it talks about I and I alone, Father? Okay. I and I alone in the source of what I experience and perceive. I am not a victim of the world I see. Everything I experience, I have called to myself plain and simple. No excuses, no ifs, ands, or buts. This is the way it is. Gone will be your immaturity and your resistance to simply being responsible for your experience. The way of the heart then cultivates a maturity of desire, intention, allowance, and surrender. And and here again we begin uh, what Linda Marie was talking about, the double thread, okay? Mm -hmm. A a double way of thinking. At first it says, well, hold on a second. I am nothing and God is everything, not my will, that his will be done, if you will. So so what is this coming back and saying, I and I alone am the source of what I experience and perceive? I am not a victim of the world I see. Everything I experience, I have called to myself, plain and simple, no excuses, no ifs, and, or buts. That right. is the way it is. What, is that, what does that mean, then, in terms of I? What I is it that we're talking about? The subjective eye or the objective eye, you see. So what does this mean? This means that, that everything that is in life is is directed by God, is directed mm-hmm. by the big eye. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? The but I the am, little eye, yes, the little eye then turns that all around. And it will say... The outside world dictates to me, but it doesn't. But if you're going through that, that is an experience you need to go through in order to come to the realization right. that that's not what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so in that way, in that way, you have this double thread going on. Yes, I am responsible, but the eye of me is not the egoic eye of me. I think it is. Which is very hard for a lot of yes. us to wrap our minds around. Exactly. And and that's why it can only be done through prayer, meditation, uh, and I will add one more to it, experience. Because what is the, you, you know, when we go through meditation, uh, especially if you're doing a mantric meditation like I mostly always do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you are... First of all, what you're doing is, is taking all of your thoughts, ignoring them, and centering onto a single thought, 
mm-hmm. whether that be a picture, whether that be a a mantra, regardless of what that is. And then what happens is that you finally transcend even that. And right. then you're in silence. And it always says, end your meditation with two or three minutes of silence. Well, th- the joke is, is that those two or three minutes of silence, that's meditation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And so now we're learning, and and we have techniques that will show us how to enter that silence and to remain there for for more of a period of time. And then the mantra does right. not become a vehicle anymore. It becomes an enhancer. Right. So the uh, and just takes us deeper and deeper and deeper into what we always realize is the silence that we that is the meditation. Well, in that silence, you see, when you are when your mind is totally silent, the ego is silent. It's the ego that's silent, right? You see, and then you get an infusion. And in parting, if you will, the still small voice, which becomes a knowing. But and then we do this in all humility. So let's look at humility for a second. Okay. So why don't you start us on humility, Linda Marie? Sure, I'd be happy to. <clears throat> well, there's no greater importance. No, no single ca- characteristic that is of greater importance than humility. Not the feigned humility that is taught in certain world religions, but a genuine, you know, humility. It, it, it does not mean that you stand in front of a group of people who give you a standing ovation and say, oh gosh, you, you don't have to do that, it's not important. It's so that you can look like you are humble when inwardly you are thinking, oh God, that feels so good, clap a little louder, <laughs> a little longer. <laughs> But I won't tell you that. Do you know that kind of humility? It's not the kind of humility you were taught in schools. Genuine humility flows from the deep-seated recognition that you cannot save yourself, that you are created and not creator, that you are effect and not cause in an absolute sense, that something called life is not yours, that there is something beyond your capacity of containment and intellectual understanding. And if that something ever decided to give up loving you, you would cease mm-hmm. to be. That is really yes. powerful. Isn't that powerful? And now yep. contrast that, if you will, with the statement, I and I alone, and the source of what I experience and perceive. Mm-hmm. You see? What, right. What's the key there? This this is your being. In beingness, you are not the creator. You are created. But in that, in your experience, or uh, in the world, mm-hmm. as representative of that being in the world, you are mm-hmm. a creator of what you experience. You're not mm-hmm. the creator, but creator of what you experience. Subjective, objective. Exactly. Exactly. And and no matter how deep you can get into the depth of God, no matter how deep 
you achieve an awareness and consciousness of your union with God, what God remains, what God is, actually, what God is remains forever beyond your growing capacity to understand it. It's like an ocean of infinite depth. When you realize that strive as you might, you will never wrap yourself, your little self, around that source. You will rest into humility, uh, genuine um, humility. I, I think uh, that's beautiful. And 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 then why why is this important? Why is humility important for us? Well, as we progress along the path of the way of the heart, and when we dissolve and loosen the shackles upon the mind, as the interior conflicts are healed and settled, and as we begin to accept the abundance that the Father would bestow upon us and all levels of our life and all levels of feeling and perception, and as we begin to taste the grandeur of the greatness that would flow through us, we will discover that, quote, enemies will become subtle, more subtle. And uh, because we, I think we get so much more connected to that love, to that power of that love that the the impact of those perceived um enemies so to speak you know just mm-hmm. seem to diminish mm-hmm. you know we see at at all times everything that that is trying to guide us or teach us we see as an enemy uh, it, it says here that that at times you even see your parents as an enemy when you're a teenager, right? Sure. Yeah. And and so those people who guide us, and even God, we begin to see as an enemy. We mm-hmm. we feel threatened. What I mean, like Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve ate the apple, suddenly had this recognition of who they were as personal beings, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. And And they realized they were naked and went, oh. <laughs> I better put some, I better cover this up. <laughs> Must have made him fat. No. <laughs> and 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 that's ever since then we've been putting on more and more clothes, figuratively and literally. Right. 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 To to cover up what we now perceive to be is our ugliness. Which is which is truly non existent. It's the ego. Right. Exactly. So, and, and so what we have to realize is that the enemies, what we perceive as being enemies, are, are mm-hmm. actually our greatest, our greatest teachers. Yes. Right. Yes. Because what, what we must continually be asking ourselves, as it goes back, is what is my greatest desire? Mm-hmm. Well, how am I going to learn this? Well, generally we learn through what? Tension. We learn through strife. Okay, mm-hmm. so the ego is going to put up a fight, and the ego is not really our enemy. It's our friend. Without it, we wouldn't get up in the morning. Sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, so so what what is it then that is our our own? What is it is it our enemy? We are our own enemy. Mm-hmm. That that's all the enemy there is. It's our misperceptions, our misguidance. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. Father, you want to take it from... Um, before you do that, Father Michael, yeah. I just want to yes. um, just interject here for a moment that, you know, folks out there listening to the way of consciousness here, 
on the Way of Consciousness Radio Network, and our call-in number is area code 347-237-5625. If anyone listening would like a, a moment of prayer for healing or for any reason, uh, we are here to serve, and so feel free to call again. The number is 347-237-5625. Thank you. Father Michael, over sure. to you. I think it's so important, and this is such a great study, the mastery, the way of the heart, because ultimately most of us are going to fully understand and only begin to grasp this, not from intelligence, not from a place of the mind, but through the heart. Mm -hmm. The heart in itself is love, and that love is infinite. The mind, on the other hand, is, it likes to think that it's infinite, and it can understand all things, and yet it falls short. So as we move, move, move more and more into this mastery, which is love, you will be solely tempted to believe that you are done. You will be solely tempted to believe, I can do this. The prayer I used to do when I began the simple exercise of awareness, I used when I started my path. I don't need them anymore. I have mastered that. Anytime you hear a voice within yourself saying, I'm done, you may rest assured you are done. <laughs> and you will stand the danger of losing what you have gained. Mm-hmm. Humility is a recognition that the more you move into this mastery, the way of the heart, the way of love, the more there is the desire for discipline and vigilance. Discipline does not mean doing something hard that you do not like to do. Discipline is like the skill of an artist that cultivates and refines the skill. And simply out of that deep desire and delight, to create more beauty. An athlete disciplines a muscle that the, so that the muscle works even more beautifully than it did the day before, mm-hmm. out of the sheer delight to extend greater beauty into the world. Even in the exercise, you must apply resistance and non-resistance. And then you must allow that exercise of both of both of those polarities mm-hmm. to surrender and rest. Yep. And that that again is is a double threat. Yeah. yeah. It it's both. 
there's no either or. It's a both and. Absolutely. As as we say as we say theologically, imminent and transcendent at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we realize that we we have a hard time accepting that because when Yeshua was here, it, it, it's no mistake that Christianity was actually the rule. <laughs> We're losing him, huh? Yeah, I think we've lost Bishop Lee here. Uh, okay. Little technical difficulty. Do you want to pick that one up, Father Michael? <clears throat> okay, while you remain in existence, the creation of consciousness that are unlike love have created a whole lot of vibratory patterns that would just love to pull you down. Therefore, the discipline of the mind that is required is to recognize while the body lasts, there can be a delight in consciously repeating the decision to teach and only be love, selectively choosing only the vibratory patterns to be allowed into your consciousness that reflects the truth, the beauty, and the worthiness who you truly are. Mm-hmm. We in the church have always been taught to focus, to center our li- our life on the pattern. That pattern <coughs> was the divine son of God manifested into the flesh. That pattern calls us in love to join it. Not only in expressing in a limited way through what we call physicality, which is only an illusion in itself. But that love calls us to cooperate, to participate, to partake in the very divine nature of love, which is infinite. When we can look upon that pattern, we can touch it, we can hear it, we can feel it, we can know it. Yep. And then turn it, because in all actuality, what we should be seeing is ourselves. That divine sun, that divine pattern, is the reflection of our own body, souls, and spirit. We are worthy. We are worthy. Love will never stop loving and embracing and uh, abundantly sharing all that it has because it is out of that we were created to be who and what we truly were. Mm-hmm. Are. Can you hear me now? There he uh, is. Yes, we can. Bishop Lee, welcome back. I don't know what happened. Well... 
I never saw Texas. <laughs> oh yeah, blame it on Texas. Texas. Seems... <laughs> <laughs> it's Rick Perry's fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yep. you go. Good there old boy. Go. Well, um, let's see. I, I, I appreciate what it says here about, um, you know, the patterns you were talking about and, and, and how, uh, you know, anger, fear, and all of that, uh, and the opinions of others can never reflect who we really are mm-hmm. and, and how essential that humility is. And, um, um, and it talks here about accepting, as we master ourselves and our spiritual consciousness, you know, we accept the love and the gratitude that are offered to us, you know, from from various teachers that have touched mm-hmm. and, and gives all to God, recognizing that of themselves these things could not have been done. And didn't Christ say that all these things, say that to us all the time, you know, of, the, of myself I do nothing. It is the Father within me, or what we call the consciousness of the Christ, or the infinite intelligence, uh, right. same thing, it, 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 that is working through me. So um, I, I think that's important uh, to realize that, and I think that's part of humility, it, yeah. is remembering, is remembering that the simplicity that of myself I can do nothing um, but that I've cultivated within myself the art or the capacity of always being a student of love and not the professor of love who thinks I'm all right. done because, uh, you know, I have a little, right. you know, some letters after my name. <laughs> yes. Tried yeah. that route. And, you know, it's not too fulfilling. I think that's hugely important because we have attributed to Jesus professorship of love. Exactly. Yet he is telling us the only way he could have done what he did was to always think of himself and actually always being a student of love or the Father. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, or God consciousness. However, right. however you want to, however you want to put that. He never saw himself. And in, in fact, you know, he states that. Who are you calling good? There's none good. Only, right. only the Father is good. Don't call me good. Uh, right. He never saw himself as being what we have attributed to him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, there's the whole paradox. <clears throat> there's the whole challenge for us in understanding who Christ was and those of us mm-hmm. in in our in our awareness who are so literal about the bible and scripture and you know and we have set up all these seminaries and higher you know educational systems and you know thinking that there's some way we can intellectually understand this and not mm-hmm. that those things are bad i'm i'm not saying they're bad i'm right. just saying we have become so invested in that right that we, we how, go ahead. No, I, I, it, it's just—it's so much simpler than that. We don't—we don't see the simplicity of it. Exactly. Uh, for instance, uh, let's say you got a, a degree in psychology. <clears throat> After all of your 
your uh, practical um, in-house um, classes and experiences within counseling and you got that degree and you were released out into the world to practice to live it mm-hmm. did you find that there was a discrepancy between what you learned and what was practical in living huge and implying that Mm-hmm. It was yeah. huge. There was a huge gap. And here's the point. We must practice it and we must live it. And I'm sorry, I can't do it for Bishop Lee and would want to. Bishop Lee can't do it for me. I know he loves me tremendously and would do anything for me, but still, he can't. Mm-hmm. And and I can't do it for you. Exactly. I've got to do it myself with the grace, the empowering presence of God that resides within me that will allow me under every circumstance, good or bad, to practice it. To live it, not only for myself, but then to extend that invitation to my brother and to my sister, so they can join in that communion of love, that walking again with God in the garden. And you know that's, and 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 that is really the essence of it, inviting them into that relationship. You know, I wasn't raised that way. I was told that the priest or the minister knew how to have that relationship, and I just needed to defer to that person. But I was never a self-empowering experience. Right. And they and 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 yet that's what Christ taught was a self-empowering ministry. That's right. Absolutely. He invited so, all the time. Oh, always, without judgment, without condition. You know, which is examples by all the different variety of people who became quote followers of his ministry and mm-hmm. and imitators of his message and tried to live out that message, invited people in, and then somewhere along the line, uh, you know, when when it became uh, something to be controlled, well, then we put we took away the ability for people to ha- enter into personal relationship with God. And instead, were set up as subjects of the people who were enlightened, right? And could give us the answers, but we never had relationship. And I think that's why my ministry, which is not, which is independent, really, of any religious institution, as as an OFJ, as in community. I think mm-hmm. why that's become so powerful in my life is because it invites all people to enter into relationship. We minister, and I know you do this in your ministry, Father Michael. Yes. It's an empowering ministry. We yes. invite people to have that relationship for themselves. Selves, exactly. And we don't sit there in judgment, but we allow the light to flow 
because we know it will, just like it Christ will. knew it Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's powerful. That love, that light, that blessing is the most powerful thing there is, especially when we each connect into it. Absolutely. And that's the whole point of community, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's not the whole point of community is is um, not a hierarchical structure. No, you see, the whole point of community is is to come together as little lights of God, joining together and becoming a bigger light. Absolutely. And and that that's sort of what has inspired our our. OFJ ministry. Although we are part of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, yeah. what what does that mean? You know, you 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 have to realize that that is Christ, right? And, Again, and those are offices. Those are giftings of the Spirit. And one thing we all have to rejoice over is the fact that in Bishop Lee, we have that freedom to be who we are and to express that and to allow everybody else to be what they are. As a bishop, he guards that freedom. As yes, he a bishop, does. he guides lovingly, as an under-shepherd, that freedom, that love, that grace. He allows it to be. And we keep eye for instance, me being a priest, I keep my eye on him. I follow and, in a sense, imitate him as he imitates Christ to do what we're called and have been gifted to do. Again. Again. That was really well said, uh, Father Michael. And, uh, And to me, that's the most powerful ministry. And that's the ministry that Jesus taught he empowered them. He didn't, you know. He just set the he set them free, and he trusted the inner creation, the in unique relationship that they had with God, as he had a unique relationship. He trusted in that relationship, and not in the human being that right. looked separate from him. Right. And that's what I love about this ministry. That's what I was ordained to, to yeah. keep, to to. To be a light, to be a person who recognizes that and and can stand up in the midst of all these other perspectives of what a minister or a bishop or a priest should look like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just hold the truth of who I am. That's all I have to do is live that love. Right. That's all I have to do. Right. And not worry about another darn thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Go ahead. Am I still on? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. That, that's the uh, that's the key to it. 
you, you see, you have to trust that the Holy Spirit is working through each and every person. And who knows more than the Holy Spirit in how to guide you in your own relationship, how to guide you to be the Christ that you are. Yes. How will Christ express through you? Well, yes. I can't. I can't answer that. No one can answer yes. that for anyone else. Right. You must go within yourself. Yeah. And say, how do you want to express through me? What, mm-hmm. what are we going to do today? <laughs> you know. Yeah. It says, for the light of God can only shine through you to the degree that you are willing to take responsibility for it, which involve giving its fruits back. To its source, which is freedom. That's right. That is absolute and total freedom, and people don't realize that. People don't, you know. People don't realize that. Yeah, they're so worried about adhering to certain stringent interpretations of scripture and instead of allowing the unique creation of the person in front of them to express the God uh, who they are created, you know, the expression of God who they are created to be. And you, we, it's simple to do that if we just do it by example. Yes. Looking through the eyes of Christ. Right. I cannot see any separation. I see uniqueness. I see celebration. But I do not see any separation or division. That's that's absolutely correct, and and you know that is what's caused a, a serious rift in in our worldview, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for example, we are one of the few organizations that ordain women, and 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 it's not that we're Hmm. I'm, I'm not saying it, it, it's not from a feminist viewpoint that we ordain women. We ordain women because we see they are fully Christ, and, and, and there's no difference. In Christ, okay. there is no difference. We don't see a separation from any individual and their Christed beingness. Yeah. And that's what we're ordaining. That's and and in ordaining it, what we're what our effort is is to to strengthen that and to allow that to come to its outward expression in its fullness, in its total, the fullness uh, of Christ to, to be incarnate in that individual in a religious or in a spiritual uh, mode, as an office, right. if you will. That right. No one can say that you are not capable of holding this office because you you are you, you know created unlike a man. Well, that's hogwash. Yeah, yeah. And it says so in the scriptures. But you know, it's interesting how selective we can be about about scripture. You know, but that uh, or, that anointing, that ordaining, is the empowerment we're talking about tonight. Yes. And it, it's amazing when you defer to that inner Christ consciousness. There's just 
you know, there's just no fear about it. I mean, I, I it's it's just so freeing. It's amazing to me in my life as a female priest, and and um, you know, and I see it now reflected in so many more places in the world, and it's just such, it's so gratifying to see that more and more and more of the consciousness is expanding in that regard. And um, it doesn't concern me. I'm not the least bit concerned of anyone's opinion of me or their judgments of me. I'm just me. Every day I listen to the voice in myself. I, I, I speak with clergy of all denominations. I network with them. We have conversations. And I'm perfectly content right. to be who God is calling me to be, and I don't have to. I don't have to apologize for that. Right. And so, um, and this is my ministry: is to empower others to know that about that unique presence that's within them, that that they they are on a par with me. It doesn't matter what I'm ordained to. Right. Those ordinations are are my journey into my willingness. Uh, to to be that light, but yeah. everyone is. Yeah. And the thing I come up against all the time in my ministry and in my work is when I simply be that empowerment for and extend that empowerment to others. Mm-hmm. The spin doctors want to do everything they can to get me away from that simple message and mm-hmm. to refocus on what the problem is. Well, why should I focus on the pro- what the problem is when I have the solution to the problem? Mm-hmm. And not only do I have it, I am it. And you are too in yourself. Exactly. The thing We're not we our are story, talking- right? That's right. We right, are not absolutely. And this is the wonderful message of the surrender, this humility, mm-hmm. these good things we have talked about this evening. It allows us to be set free because we know the truth, and the truth sets us free. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Father Michael. That was a, a wonderful way of of concluding our discussion this evening. And uh, and we invite all of you, uh, first of all, we'd like to thank you for listening. Um, we're, we're very excited about our listenership, uh, particularly those of you who listen on demand uh, at a later time. We, we really do appreciate your support. It means an awful lot to us as we go forth in our ministry being this light and expressing it in three different ways. It's, it's you know, Father Michael and Bishop Lee and myself are three uh, unique, we have three unique relationships with, with God in, internally. We, we represent the, the Christ consciousness each in our own unique way as the voice and the spirit moves through us. So we invite you to do the same thing. If you have any questions about or comments or suggestions or need prayer, uh, send us an email at OS jcommunity at gmail.com and uh, visit our website at www.ofjcommunity.org and uh, we thank you thank you so much uh, 
uh, Bishop Lee Allen Peterson from Texas for joining us this evening on the show. I uh, wish Thank you, you for, lots of uh, blessings this evening. Amen. Thank you so much, and thank Father Michael for being here and being the Christ they are and sharing that with us. Yes, thank and, you, Father Michael. Yes, and big hugs to both of you. Same here. Thanks. God bless. <laughs> God bless, and we'll see you all next Tuesday, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, here on The Way of Consciousness. Thank you for listening to The Way of Consciousness here on the Way of Consciousness Radio Network. Programming to inspire you to live from the divine indwelling within you. This was a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created to offer support to those who continually seek to embody the Christ message of love, forgiveness, compassion, oneness, and peace. OFJ is not interested in creating yet another worldly structure, which could, by its very nature, set itself apart and seeks not to focus on the personhood of Yeshua, Jesus, but to share in the divine realization that he came to share with us, which is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God, and that the kingdom of heaven is within. OFJ community, is an all-inclusive fellowship of spiritual seekers. We offer dialogue and studies for deep inner spiritual development and seminary courses for ordained ministry. If you feel called to be part of OFJ community or to receive our monthly newsletter, please send an email to ofjcommunity at gmail.com. That's ofjcommunity at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send you information about membership and the various programs we offer. In these times of great change, OFJ Community's mission is to offer spiritual support, friendship, and direction to all. You can find us on the World Wide Web at OFJcommunity.org, OFJmediamonastery.info, on YouTube, at www.youtube.com slash user slash OFJTV to find us in the Apostolic Communion. You may find us at apostolic communion.info.